Tony B. Welcome you to another edition. It is your Tony Basilio show. It is a Thursday. John Adams returns to the program. Mari Hanks joins us a little later on. College basketball is a hot mess. The Alabama story has moved forward. I'm trying to reach great Marcos Garza on that. It's pretty next level to be alongside with you. And we're going to go over to Columbia, South Carolina, where little did uh, our boy know, Colin Taylor, that he was going to be at the Flashpoint in college sports last night. And Tell you what, man, the guys from ESPN have that did that game last night shamefully went into public relations for Alabama. I don't know if you guys tuned that in. I tuned it in just to see what they would say. And, man, they shamefully went into PR last night. Either one of you watch that. Yeah, I did. And I liked how they booed him every time he touched the ball. Oh, that's going to happen. That's that kid's future. Well, that, that's why they gave basically everybody the double birds and let him showcase and let him shoot 25 times. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, ne- it nearly cost him a game. But mm-hmm. they, they some, you know, conveniently they got lucky to where when this, when this court hearing happened was the week that they were playing South Carolina. Mm-hmm. So they got, whether you want to say that's convenient or arranged. Who do they have this weekend? Well, I liked, I liked how they threw an Alabama fan and some Columbia, South Carolina got thrown out. They stopped the game for a fight in the stands, which you never see. Well, not only that, but last night there was an incident during the Florida game where my boy Tommy Hart and also the, the, the cliché machine Cliche Riche. Coach Dykes. Coach Dykes, a.k.a. Cliche Riche, as he's known north of the border. That's his French name, Cliche Riche. Cliche Riche and Hart are going off on this dude for grabbing some player when the player ran into the uh, the guy on the bench. And the guy reacted and, and just put his arms up and was trying to break his fall. Which was, I mean, I didn't see what they saw. Did either one of you see that? I didn't look into that the, didn't look intentional. Not at all. And they were calling the guy a yahoo. They called the guy every name under the book, Tom Hart, my it, boy. It wasn't, malicious. it wasn't malicious, but let's not pretend that the guy the guy didn't go out of his way to try to, you know, make sure the guy got back on the court quickly. I mean, he kind of just got in the way, which is fine. I don't think it's a huge deal, but it was kind of, I mean, it's kind of funny. It's pretty outstanding. 15th anniversary tomorrow, Matt, of the game of the century down at Memphis. What do you remember about it, Matt, now that we no longer play them in basketball? What do you remember about it, Matt? Uh, I mean, with, I think without question, the, the biggest regular season game in Tennessee basketball. No, but where were you that night? Where were you that What do you remember about it? Where was a young Matt Dixon watching that? What was his mindset? Uh, we were watching it with some buddies. Um, had 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 some beverages. Yes. Uh, really jacked up, fired up for it. Um, and Tennessee pulled it out. The, fir- the first five minutes of that game is one of the more insane sequences. Teams were just draining like threes left and right mm-hmm. from everywhere, and neither of those two teams could shoot very well at all. And like you know, they kind of you know, bounced out, and it's kind of a sloppy game, but. You can probably say it's the biggest basketball game ever played in the state of Tennessee. To this day, sort of making a Final Four. 
Well, no, I mean... We uh, haven't made one of those yet, Brian. Played in a state, Brian, and here's why. Here's why. How many number one versus number two matchup? We, we've only had three top ten matchups in our building. That's how rare that is. One versus two during the season? Has that happened at all this year? Does that ever happen? Well, we thought it might when Alabama came, but... Does that ever happen? Oh, I'm, I'm sure Duke and North Carolina have been one and two at right. some point. It's an anomaly, though. It's a game of a century. It's pretty neat. It's hard to believe it's been 15 uh, years since that. You know what? What? Um, it's kind of amazing how Tyler Smith won that game. And he won it with two shots late. And he wasn't mentioned in the oral history that Ryan Shepard put out there. He wasn't quoted. Oh. Not- I, I was trying to read about the part where... The Tubbs had the uh, the IV story that I hope that I was hoping that would make it, yeah. but it didn't. Yeah, yeah, that's that, uh, really really disappointing. Well, Ryan's not going to know that. We, we, no, we, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm just kidding. It's yeah, he, he wouldn't. But know for that. those that, that for the uninitiated, that was in there. for the uninitiated, Tony Jones told an incredible story about early and Earl and Judy, who we used to call back then, unfortunately, the Tubbs. And they were like, they were newcomers on the scene back then. They'd only been on the scene a few years. And the, they had been, uh, they were at everything, right? You know, I'm surprised they didn't split up this weekend and one go cover the basketball game and one go cover the baseball event. John Adams is back with us. He's presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. The story goes like this, though. Earl and Judy are, um, are out there, and they're doing their thing. And there, um, Earl has some kind of medical thing. He doesn't feel good. So they take him into the bowels of the arena, and they're giving him, like, IVs and stuff. And Tony Jones said, we look over at the bench, and here comes Earl of Tubbs fame. And he was a big guy back then. And he said he came around a corner, and he had that IV thing sticking out of his. He basically ripped it off and walked out because he wanted to see the very end of the game. And the way Tony Jones described that, Matt, is one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life when Tony told that story. How, how hard was a young Matt Jones, uh, Matt, how young was a hard Matt Dixon laughing when he heard that story, Dixie? Oh, I, I, that, that's one of the, the peak moments of, of, of your show of all time. That's all time. one of the, the, probably the greatest story ever. Ever. That he, he fought his way back, you know, kind of, kind of like a, like a, a wrestler coming, you know, back yes. after they, they they take him off on the stretcher. He fights his way back to celebrate the win. That's that's so you got to get to a final four for those people. Got to it. Got to. You cannot let those. You cannot let those people. You cannot let those people down. John Adams, how you feeling, man? You've been in an odyssey here, buddy, haven't you? Yeah, it's uh, got a three week deal. I went in and had. Uh, Thought I was doing the smart thing, and I was going to have a uh, large kidney stone smashed with those shockwaves. Uh, I no longer recommend that procedure because uh, it didn't crack the stone and it pretty much blew up my kidney. So I had bleeding and some complications. And you had like a fever for like seven days. I still have fever. Welcome yeah. back, John. Hey, thanks, Brad. I mean, it could have been it could have been worse. I could have been in a uh, doctor prison. I could have been in a prison hospital in uh, a Mexican border town. Would you like go to Kevorkian for that, John? I mean, who who, who did the the procedure on? 
I was at Park West. I, it's one of the better hospitals in the area. Let's not give us problem any. with problem with hospitals now. Yeah, is they're all understaffed terribly. I mean, I don't know what the CEOs. I don't think some of these CEOs ever make an appearance on the floors and see what's going on. The employees are always under duress. First day I was in the hospital, my nurse had uh, eleven patients. Eleven. She had five to seven, pretty much max. Now she had a. She's an RN. She had an LN, but that's not the same. She's going to have to go back to certain things a uh, an LN can't do. So she's got to go back over all that. One night, the woman in the room next to me has had surgery. She's older than I am. Um, I hear her screaming. Oh, no. Please help me. Oh, no. Help me. So I figured that because she was, she'd had surgery, she had nobody in the room with her, she's under an anesthetic, she probably uh, can't hit that, hit that button. The pump button. To, to notify the uh, nurse's station mm -hmm. so two different times i hit it from mm -hmm. my room and said hey the lady in the next room needs mm -hmm. help mm -hmm. but they're just so understaffed man the, the employees i mean i the, the people i dealt with all did a nice job but it's just that's how it is here that's how it is pretty much everywhere a buddy of mine started out went to nursing school got the masters worked in it for a few years now is a um Goes from flea market to flea market and collection to collection and uh, is a buyer and a seller. Got out of it. Said it was absolutely well, the, the stress. I mean, my wife's a nurse at Children's. Said it was the unbelievable. Stress these nurses are under. It's unbelievable. He said it was unbelievable. So we're glad to have you back. That's why, if you ever look at the amount of pay that like travel nurses get, it's insane because they're just they there's so much demand for them. Present yeah. everywhere. And Matt, I was talking to a friend of mine who was just in the hospital recently. I think she was at Tanova, Turkey Creek. She said every nurse she had was a travel nurse. Presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors online at seniorshelpingseniors.com. So glad to have the great John Adams here. We're getting ready to go over to Columbia, South Carolina here momentarily. Colin Taylor is going to join. <laughs> Colin, they're just playing out the string, you know, South Carolina. They're at the Flashpoint game of the year last night, and ESPN was in full spin mode. Hey, this Brandon Miller guy, come on now. This guy, hey, this, this guy is a, this guy was, a, this guy was a, like a Boy Scout all the way through, active in all the, active in all the, uh, the charities he can do down there. I mean, Brian, how much were they singing for Alabama last night on ESPN? And Dick Vitale ripped because he has zero Fs to give. He's like 85 years old. He's been sick for like three years. He got zero Fs to give. He said this is a disgrace that that kid's playing basketball tonight. And good for him. Uh, I, I think it's any disgrace anytime he plays going forward. So Colin how Taylor could, will be here. How could it not be? We had an ejection last night. We had a f fight in the stands. Uh, I, the Bammers have always killed me, Matt. Because the Bammers want you to let them get away with whatever it is they've gotten away with down through the years, like ruining college football, and then loving on them. Isn't it great? No, it's not great. Oh, no. they, they, were wanting, they were wanting Tennessee fans to tell them how great they were in that game here when we were beating them the whole game. Total fealty. I mean, so they are. 
off on that fan base and everything down there. They demand so fealty. Oh. It's like a relationship between a certain media relations guy in town and his beat. Total fealty is what they demand. By the way, Adam Sparks wrote a great piece today. John, you talk about how well travel nurses are paid. How about the way these college football coaches are getting paid right now? Good night almighty. And by the way, Zach Azani, crouching dragon, hidden tiger, is the new wide receivers coach with the Jets. Can the Jets hire any more joke coaches? I mean, can they fit any more joke people in their organization? Or He was the longest tenured coach in the Broncos. Who would know who the Broncos wide receivers coach is? No wonder he hit over there for five years. I mean, think about that. The Jet. Why in the world would Aaron Rodgers even think about going to the Jets? I don't care how good their personnel is. The history of that franchise. I can't believe he would go there. I mean, didn't what happened with the only thing, the only thing that the last Packer quarterback is remembered for when he went to the Jets is illicit text messages. To, to Jen Sturger, to Jen Sturger, which I'm a total simpleton, so I remember stuff like that. You even remember her name, correct? That's unbelievable. Because Brett Favre is a straight up creep. A girl was old enough to be his daughter, hitting on like some twenty year old kid out of school. I mean, what is wrong with you? Take a break. That stuff should be set aside for Hollywood. And the Jesters. Colin Taylor on the other side. Maury Hanks later on. Of course, we got three three calls, but I can't get to you. But I will. Love you. John Adams in the house today. We have a lot to talk about after this. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike 
at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hi, I'm former Sheriff Enoch George with 30 years experience in emergency services. I know how important it is to locate an address that's in need of help as quickly as possible. An LED light bulb has been developed and manufactured that glows red, white, and blue flashing light to be placed on your front porch and turned on when you have an emergency that will help the responding emergency services to locate your home as quickly as possible. You can obtain your LED light bulb at Mount Pleasant Fire Department and all of your local fire stations. For more information, contact Fire Department at 379-1005. 379-1005. 
seconds counts. Get your light bulb today. I wish you and your family a safe and happy new year. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Escobars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 Bites, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. You're going to literally on the spot. You're not going to dance on the spot like the Beach Boys once said. You're going to on the spot bow your head when I say his name. You ready? Colin Taylor, Gamecock Central. Gamecocks are supposedly, they're in the middle of a wretched, just horrendous, awful, rancid season. And they're borderline playing out the string. And they're sort of at the bottom of the card in the league, night in and night out. And last night, Colin Taylor wakes up, and he realizes the circus is coming to town. And he's at a flashpoint basketball game in all of college basketball because Brandon Miller's on the floor for Alabama. Brian, who did the game for ESPN? I want to make sure I get this right because I want to talk about the piece of the game I watched. I'll bring Colin in. Was that uh, Seth Greenberg or was I imagining that? I thought it was it wasn't Fran Fraschilla. No. Not Fran Fraschill. Not Fran Fraschill. I think it was I think it was Seth Greenberg, but I can't you know what it was. Fran Fraschill for the coaches. I, I totally forget about these guys you know, that coach Fran Fraschill, who's a total shill, and uh who I call Fran Fraschill. Uh the the <laughs> the aptly named, uh great surname. And then last night this other guy, Greenberg. So Green. So they asked Greenberg coming out of a timeout. And now I'm bringing Colin in here against this backdrop. Because he and I were just talking about this off the air. They say to him, so as a head coach, what's the protocol? You know, like when a kid, kid gets in trouble, young guy gets in trouble, like Miller did. And he says, well, listen, those decisions are handled out of your hands. You know, Those decisions aren't handled by coaches. They're handled by the administrators. The, and, 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 you know, wait a second. So you're the head coach of a basketball team, and a guy brings a gun help to a murder, okay? Could have said, no, I'm not, I'm not going, bringing your car down there. I'm not driving your, no, we're not doing that. But he did. But you can't suspend him because all of a sudden you just can't suspend the guy. I mean, hey, 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 hey Seth Greenberg, just for once in your life, could you quit it? Could you just quit shilling for these damn coaches just for once in your life? I mean, would you grow? Would you grow some testicular fortitude, please? Whatever supplements, uh, Dr. Rogers, can we get him something for his BBs so he can have some onions? Let's bring in Colin Taylor now, Gamecock, Gamecock Central. Colin, you were in a flashpoint last night. How close were you, Colin, to the uh, fight last night, if at all? I mean, I was sitting that happened on the baseline closest to me. I was sitting in that media section there on the sideline, and um, you just see a ruckus happening. You don't really see because people stand up when the fight breaks out, so you don't get a clear view of it. But then you see a guy get taken off 
by the police, and you kind of realize what happens if you see videos. So I was I was pretty doggone close to it. Um, that wasn't the only fan that got taken out of the game. Really? So so what happened? So so tell us about this because Brandon Miller's in town, Alabama's in town. And you were, like, sitting courtside. How rough was the crowd on him from the Carolina perspective last night? Very. Um, the students, it was for a, for a team that was 3-11 coming in and had won, or, yeah, 3-11 elite play and won 10 games total all year. That was actually a really good crowd, and, and part of the reason was the, the stuff surrounding the Alabama basketball program. The students were out in full force. Um, there were a couple of. I mean, you heard it on the TV broadcast. They were some lock-him-up chants as he went to the free-throw line a couple times. Um, a couple, a lot of Alabama fans were getting into it with um, the students because the visiting team section, one of the bigger ones, is by, by part of the student section. Yep. So um, there was a lot of – you saw multiple times people getting escorted out uh, by security, by law enforcement. It was very, very chippy. Where, where I was sitting was right – front of the student section and um they were very relentless for i mean from about an hour before tip until the time it finally ended bammers are uh really on board matt i gotta ask colin this because matt noticed something there were more alabama fans when tennessee and alabama played a couple weeks ago in in thompson bowling arena than there were kentucky fans when tennessee and kentucky played a week and a half before that matt is that an accurate statement in your humble opinion uh, yeah, I, I think it's probably two or three times more Bama fans, and that, and I guess uh, that Kentucky game was in early January, but it's still it was it was crazy how little blue was in the arena. Did, did how bu- much Alabama yeah. knew Alabama? I guess the, all those Kentucky fans became Alabama fans this year. Did a bunch of those uh, Alabama fans, these newfound, newly minted Alabama basketball fans, because they need something to feel good about. Their football team's going to nine and three this fall. Uh, after a couple lost season last year, including one at the hands of the large orange. From your perspective, though, Colin, were there a bunch of Alabama fans in there or just a smattering? Oh, there were a good chunk of Alabama fans. Where did that um, come from? And it was kind of crazy how many people actually did travel. I don't know what? how many decided to make the trip after all of the, the gunk and the, the distractions and the, the news that happened, but um, the loudest cheers of the night really did come. Now, Brandon Miller scored a ton, but a, a lot of it came when he scored and he was kind of willing that team back uh, in the second half, and um, which is a choice, I think. But, um, yeah, there were a ton of Alabama fans there yesterday against South Carolina Quality Life. So you're – I don't understand that. Have they – you've been covering games. Have they – Alabama basketball fans always travel like that, or is this like a new thing? Hey, winners to the, the victors and come the spoils, right, I guess. I mean, they're, um, they, you know, basketball is a hot ticket item there now because they're winning. And um, Yeah, I don't remember. I've covered South Carolina for a while now, and um, I don't remember this many Alabama fans here for a game, even when they were on the cusp of doing some, some solid things over the course of the last couple of years before both even got there. Colin, how, like, um much of a circus was that last night on a scale of 1 to 10? Like, as you're wa- trying to watch a college basketball game, and how much of a circus 20. was it? 20. 20. I mean, 20. It was <laughs> – uh, uh, that was probably the most surreal basketball game I've, I've seen in my entire life that I've been a part of. And uh, 
not just I mean just from the all of the off court stuff yep. to the fact that like they're really even just gonna let this guy play. Um, then you follow that up with the game itself, which was I mean, take everything out from the Brandon Miller saga was a fantastic basketball game. Um, with a really good crowd and South Carolina's hitting like half core buzzer beater threes, bank shots, all this stuff against a great Alabama team. Um, and then you factor in all the stuff on top of that, the energy in the crowd and the hostility and just, it was, it was a circus among circuses and one for better or worse, I'm not going to forget for a really, really, really long time. Hey Matt, did they showcase him last night? Brandon Miller, Matt Dixon. Is that what they, uh, they threw there by space? 100% they did. I mean, he, he's obviously the best player, but. I was watching most. They almost lost that game because they wanted to showcase him and just let him score. In your like an in your face. I mean, South Carolina sale. played really really well and did and actually kind of out coached Nato's I thought, um, but they almost. I mean they should have lost that game. I mean I, I it sucked that South Carolina didn't win that because South Carolina deserved to win that game. But they I, they that's what I took away. They gave the double birds to everybody and just said you're going to go have a career night tonight. That was. Really, that's uh, crazy. So, Colin, there was an incident last night at the Florida game. I don't know if you saw that. But a guy runs over. I want to make sure I get this right. That game was that Florida Kentucky player. Bumps into a couple fans. It's kind of a loose ball skirmish on the side. and One of the fans sort of braced himself and grabbed the Kentucky player by the neck when he was trying to run down the floor the other way. Hey, John Adams, you know, I was thinking about this last night. You were covering college basketball for, I don't know, several decades. And I've been around it for so long. It's the only sport where there's no divider between the players and the fans. No divide. They're right on top of them. The guys, when they walk into the check, when they check in the games, walk right by the patrons. They're literally... If there's a communicable disease there, you could literally give somebody your virus. If you're, you know, I'm I'm not trying to get, you know, I'm not trying to get ugly about it here. John, isn't it amazing? And guys are diving into the stands all the time and the, you know, the boy blood's boiling. And isn't it amazing that doesn't happen more often? That fans and players don't touch each other and grab each other and that kind of thing. Yeah. And I just think the way things are going in general in society, I think there's, there's more it's a more combustible atmosphere now yeah. so i think we could see more of that and, and i don't know why it hasn't really happened more in the past but another thing about it and this has changed somewhat because the media now it used to be that in most sec arenas vanderbilt being the exception media sat right it was right there on press row right so you were right you were right there in the middle i can remember being at uh at a florida game uh, in the O'Connell Center, covering LSU Florida game and sports writer, the students were right behind us. I mean, right behind us. So close, in fact, that one of the students was a colleague of mine, kept kneeing him in the back throughout the game. And to his credit, the sports writer, who did have a temper, was able to restrain himself and not throw the student onto the floor. But, uh, yeah, it's just a, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, the potential for something like that is rife in basketball. 
And it is now that you bring that up, it is kind of surprising that we haven't seen more instances. Yeah, and look, I'm not trying to speak it into existence, but this this player, it wasn't like the guy just did the wrong. What was the coach's name that came out on the stands, John, and grabbed the player? Do you remember that, like back in the fifties or forties or whatever that was? He he came on the field and grabbed the guy. Listen, it wasn't one of those deals. The guy got sort of in the in this patron space, and the patron, like Matt said, may have embellished it a little bit and grabbed him around the neck, but he was also falling down, so he was trying to brace his fall. I didn't think it was as egregious as the broadcasting crew said, but, Colin, I want to come back to you on what you witnessed last night. Did it feel like that thing could get out of control last night? Yes, very much so. Um, and there was an increased police presence there. Um, I noticed that a little bit more, more actual, not yellow coat security guards, but actual police presence um, closer to the student section. Uh, it was uh, a powder keg there last night. And um, it had, like the energy certainly was a big factor of why South Carolina got off to a good start, but you could definitely feel the tension. Um, and then for us, I remember, I mean, second half, South Carolina's up five, up six. They're, you know, playing really well. Students are right on top of you. I look over at the media guy next to me, and I'm like, just in case, we need to be ready to kind of duck and cover our laptops and protect ourselves in case the students decide to climb over the scores table and, and ultimately storm the court. So um, it, it was volatile last night in, a lot, in, in more ways than one. And if South Carolina would have won and the Miller kid was on the floor, who knows if somebody goes out there and takes a swing at him, he takes a swing at somebody. I mean, this guy is uh... – Oh, good Lord. I'm serious. I mean, that you know, that that, that exists. And, and by the way, um, so South Carolina, I'm looking at the numbers. They're shooting the ball really well. Like, I don't know what, what's got the secret sauce. They're kind of playing out the string. But they're putting up some pretty good numbers, and they did it last night. Do And, and, and the Vols, to call the Vols offensively challenged right now would be like saying that, you know, I'm uh, – I'm, I'm challenged in terms of remembering my facts and figures sometimes. I, I just called Matt. Well, Matt, I hope Matt didn't hear my Freudian slip earlier. Um, listen, I'm a little worried about Saturday because I'm seeing that Carolina team all of a sudden on offense. They're scoring, and we can't score. Do I have reason to be worried? Sure. I mean, listen, this Tennessee team, when it's at its apex, can beat any team in the country. I mean, you saw that they beat Alabama. I mean, they go down and, you know, at that home and you, you beat the number one team in the country. But Tennessee, as, as it has been the last couple of years, if that offense doesn't travel or doesn't translate, then you have a chance for an upset. And this is a South Carolina team right now. It's not a good South Carolina team, but they're playing their best ball of the season right now. And um, wow. I looked at the math the other day, and if you're South Carolina, um, over the last month, your offense ranks, you know, middle of the pack in the SEC, which is better than what it had been, um, ahead of Tennessee, oddly enough. Um, South Carolina's points per 100 possessions is um, about two points per 100 possessions is better than Tennessee right now. The defense is the worry for South Carolina. They're not a good defensive team. Even in this stretch, they haven't been a great defensive team. Um, so, But they're playing their best ball right now, and if they can – hit some shots like that they've shown the propensity to do maybe over the last three or four weeks uh it's it's a team that can at least go toe-to-toe with you know the the alabamas the 
Kentuckys of the world, and um, that that's a, a concern if you're Tennessee. And when they're hitting bank shot threes, and when Michi Johnson's throwing up prayers that go in, uh, this is a South Carolina team that that has a chance to upset a lot of twenty top twenty five teams. Colin, much love to you. On the way out, if folks want to read your work, give them the coordinates, and I, I appreciate you. Absolutely. Um, you can read me at GamecockCentral.com, part of the On3 uh, Sports Network. Um, I'm on Twitter at Colin Taylor. Uh, plenty of great stuff. we got a couple of recruiting lookbacks that we're doing, some fun long-form feature things in the offseason for football, and plenty of basketball and baseball analysis as well as um, – you know, those seasons kind of either end if you're hoops and then crank up now if you're baseball. You got it, brother. Hey, have a Dwight Gooden. Hey, absolutely appreciate you guys as always. See you, brother. Hey, man, anytime people can make bad, people say to me, Tony, you're embarrassing yourself. South Carolina has no chance. When you play offense the way we play offense and you look as sluggish as we've looked at times, anybody has a chance against you, Matt. It's the truth. Yeah, yeah. When you can't, when you can't score, yeah. You're never going to put anybody away, and all you need is another team to, you know, have a guy get hot for ten or twelve points, and you're in danger. So but, yeah, it's very much, very much in question. Although I, I think it's a really good spot for Tennessee. It would have been a great spot if South Carolina had won last night. I mean, I think that Tennessee will be South Carolina twenty points. I mean, it's most of Tennessee's problems have occurred on the road. Even in this slump, they beat Alabama at home. Uh, South Carolina doesn't play great defense. I just think Tennessee will have a good offensive game uh, Saturday. It's had some good offensive games. Doesn't mean it's turning a corner or doesn't uh, uh, speak to how they will finish the season, but I just think this matchup, I I think it favors to see substantially. You know, I, I think South Carolina's won three times in Thompson Bowling since, I want to say, 98 when wow. Jerry came. Wow. And I think the game against Bama was the day after Tennessee's against A&M. I think that'll matter. It went to overtime. It was a late game. And then it's a tough turnaround to come to Knoxville. They played such a great – I don't know that they can continue to maintain that type of shooting on the road against a team that plays pretty good defense. So we'll see. Well, and, you know, Brian, at the end of the day, at the end of it all, this – when you can't play offense the way we can't play at times, not all the time, you know. John, you ever seen a group that just kind of, we just go to sleep. We just take six, seven minutes off. And it's not just us. College basketball, there's a team right there, right next to us in that uh, bracket reveal. Uh, Virginia had 48 points last night in a loss to team number 199. They lost a quad four game. Now it's on the road. It was at Boston College in front of about 50 people. <laughs> and, and and they scored 48 freaking points. Now, now my, here's my question. Do people pay for this, John? Do they charge? Question, go ahead. Go ahead. My question is why were 50 people there? Uh, I guess they do, and I think some of it is just habit. You know, it's a college basketball game, and I just, you know... I'd like to see the bat ball go in the basket. And I know everybody's emphasizing, all the coaches are emphasizing defense. Yep. But defense isn't solely responsible for what's going on offensively. I mean, we are here seeing a long, long procession of just missed open shots. And their, mid, their mid-range game has virtually disappeared. 
So you're not using the full court. Take it to the basket, try to draw a foul, maybe score at the rim, or chunk up a three. It's a really ugly game right now. I really enjoyed watching Missouri play. I agree. When Missouri played Tennessee, that's the kind of basketball I like to watch. Get it out and shoot the three ball and 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 take open shots and live with the consequences and shoot tack all angles. Let me bring uh, Maury Hanks in here, super scout to the stars. Maury, all your years of scouting in the NBA, right, when you're in these gyms and you see these guys that can't shoot, and that, that's got to be, I don't know, the last five years, thousands of them. Um, when you're at that level, as I welcome you in, and you look at ball players, what other attributes at that next level are they looking for? Because there are not many shooters in the college game. Good morning, Tony. Thank you for having me on. Uh, you know, you're right. Um, and as John just said, you know, in, in AAU basketball, high school basketball, you know, in junior high, it's take the ball to the basket, it's pound, pound the ball, pound the ball, try to get to the basket. Uh, or, you know, shoot, shoot, shoot a, you know, shoot a contested three. Um, and, you know, try, try to play in the, try to play in the open court and things like that. But the people, I guess, fail to realize sooner or later, you know, you're going to have to play in the half court. And that's when the games become really ugly. Yeah. So when you're looking at guys, what are you looking for? Like what kind of attributes? Well, again, the, the game's changed, but you know, now guys, you know, they'll, they'll catch words length, uh, upside. Um, you know, now, Tony, if you believe it, uh, everybody talks about motor. Well, back in the day, pretty much everybody played hard. You know, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm aging myself. I coached Torrance Grant for two years at Clemson and he, I mean, never missed a practice, played hard. It didn't matter if you played against Florida A&M or Florida, uh, you, you, you got what you, you know, he, he brought it every day. Now guys, you know, you, you, you get points for playing hard. And uh, so, like I said, I, I just think the skill level. Um, but, again, one thing I tell you in the NBA that I've learned over my time there is they can become better shooters than the pros because that's all they do. They've got 900 coaches, and they don't go to class. And, yep. they, you know, the, the, it, it, it's year-round. Um, you can become a better shooter. Like a Grant Williams, right? Yeah. I mean, there's there, and, again, there's a lot of people miss on people that, you know, if, if if his stroke's not broke, even though you know you got to uh, you know make some fine tuning to it, um, you know guys can become better shooters. Let's talk about the game as a whole, and and one of the sides of the game of college basketball. I'll also bring you on because you heard us talking about this Higgins guy a couple weeks ago and his uh, ten thousand mile odyssey in, um, in 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 seven days. Explain to the living listener how many of those guys live that life and what this is like on these co- on these um, uh, different officials, Maury, that we're seeing. Because you know this official community because you're an organizer of games and events yourself. Plus all that scouting, you you know all these guys. How how crazy or insane is it the, the travel these guys are involved with? Oh, I think it's way, I think it's way too much, Tony. And, and in full disclosure, John Higgins is a very, very good friend of mine. He works all my tournaments. He's yep. regard he's regarded as a top five official, top seven official in the game. Um, one of the games, one of the reasons that that kind of stood out was that there was a makeup game that he had to go from the west back out to the Midwest. Um, and I've talked to you about this for a number of years. Uh, and how, one of the first reasons I, I kind of saw it, I was out to dinner a number of years ago. I don't know the referee's name, but 
He was in a game at South Florida, 9 o'clock tip. And I was scouting the Kentucky-Tennessee game. It was at noon. And I'm sitting there, and I see this referee walk on the floor, and I'm like, oh, my God. And so I look on my Delta app. He had a 6 o'clock flight from Tampa, had to go through Atlanta, had about a 35-minute layover, and got to Knoxville, I think, at about 10.20. They threw the ball up at noon. So if anything went wrong, he doesn't get to the game, number one. Number two, the game starts at 9. He's not getting to bed by 1. You know, he's probably up at 4, 4.30. And, and my saying is, and I, I've told this to people since then, how many games did he have to fly over to get to this game? And you, Tony, and again, it's not like I'm curing COVID or cancer or anything. And I've talked to Jeff Goodman about it. And he was getting ready to write an article about a year ago, and he didn't. And now this has kind of, you know, become the hot topic uh, issue. I told him he really missed out because he had about 15 guys. And he was going to do, like, the whole month of January, the whole month of uh, February. And if, if you had one guy assigned ref- referee for the entire, let's say, the top 10, 12 leagues, you wouldn't have that. So if you sent referee A out west, let's say using John Higgins as an example, lives in Omaha, you send him out west, he's going to stay out west, and then you're going to do that, and then he maybe go to UNLV, then maybe go to Colorado, then work his way back home. Or if a guy out west, you send him to the south, he's going to come work Tennessee, maybe the next game Vanderbilt, maybe the next game Middle Tennessee State, and he stays there, and then you work him on, on back home. But as I told you the other day when we were talking, most coaches would rather have a tired John Higgins than a B referee and two C referees doing a game. And that's the problem on Saturdays, Tony. There's not a good, there's not enough good quality A referees out there. I mean, think about it. Usually on a Saturday, there's at least 140 NCAA basketball games. And again, I, and then because some people play on Sundays, and whatnot, and I'm not talking about the smaller conferences uh, that, that can't afford these guys. But I mean, you've got the Atlantic Ten pays a lot of money. The American pays a lot of money. Conference USA play; they, they all pay good money. And so, um, if one guy was doing the assigning, it would clean this all up, in my opinion. Uh, as we we visit today, Maury Hanks joining. John, think about this, right? You've traveled. Maury and I were talking this off the air. You're that guy that was doing a 9 o'clock game, okay? You get to bed at 4 o'clock in the morning. You do the noon start in Knoxville. He he doesn't know his name at that point. He's, so, he's on fumes, right? The, the truth is, and we lost track of the guy, but the next day he got up and went and did a game somewhere on Sunday, somewhere on Monday, somewhere on Tuesday. What's left of that guy on Wednesday? Think, think about that. Think about how they need a commissioner because they've left these guys to schedule all this stuff on their own. Nobody scheduled these these basketball referees, and so you've got guys that don't take it. They don't take a night off in the winter, and they're making four grand a game. That's why they're doing it. They're trying to grab as many paychecks as they can. It's uh, it's a crazy business, and I wonder about. I've heard this in football. They're having a harder time getting is more quality officials. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems as though the same thing would apply in basketball. And you may have, a, as Laurie mentioned, you you have an upper-level 
of top officials who've been doing this a while, and and that's that's whom coaches would prefer to have do their game certainly. But I just think the depth of quality is probably not what it used to be. And I do see when you talk about the money being there, but what kind of lifestyle is that? Particularly if you have a family. Mario, what kind of lifestyle is that on those guys? Oh, well, I mean, it's hard. You travel. I mean, you, you quality is probably not what it used to be. Mario, what kind of lifestyle is that on those guys? Well, I mean, it's hard. You travel. Like, I mean, I hate to say it, like, but again, my job wasn't that hard. When I'm out going to games and I do, I do, you know, 17, 18 games a month from November 1st to, you know, middle of March. But I didn't have to run up and down the floor and get yelled at and, you know, have to be in shape and all that. But just it was hard for me if, you know, you, you, you went and saw a game and then and then flew someplace, had to get grab a rental car, get to a game and whatnot. And then let's say you got a nine o'clock game and you've got a six a.m. flight, and and don't, you know I just had to go watch the game and try and take notes and you know half the time stay awake. These guys, you know, have have, have a tough job. It's impossible. Well, first of all, it's a very hard job, and they're not getting any help. It is the point we're talking about today. I mean, it's a very, it's very much what we're talking about here is very much an unspoken thing. But I, I challenge anybody to to take any official, and you can go online and you can find where these people are, and look at where they are in one week's time. Look at the thousands and thousands of miles, and they crisscross the country. Me and Mari just picked a guy out there, there, a random dude, and it wasn't the Higgins guy; it's just another guy. And you can go online and you can find where these people are. And look at where they are in one week's time. Look at the thousands and thousands of miles. And they crisscross the country. Me and I just a guy. This cat started on the West Coast, went over to Lexington, went down to Austin, Texas, went back over to, like, Utah or somewhere, went back to the East Coast, went back to the West Coast. I mean, this guy's crisscrossing the globe. Like he's on a rock tour, and and here's the thing about rock tours: when you when you take somebody and put them on a music tour, you move them around. You know, you're on a music tour. They, they go from like Maury said, you play Baltimore one night, Philadelphia the next night, Boston the next night, New York the next. Night. You don't go from Philadelphia to Los Angeles back to Boston, and that's what a bunch of these. Um, a bunch of these college basketball coaches are doing it, and there's no commissioner. Who, who um, Mari, who schedules these guys? It's just ad hoc? Each, these guys schedule no, themselves? Each, each, Tony, each conference has their own supervisor officials. And, again, that's my point. So if, if you're the ACC and you want the best guys you can get and there's a game on a, on, a, on a Saturday, okay, then if you really don't have anything for them on Sunday and you're in the Big 12 and Kansas is playing on Sunday and you want the, the number one guy, you want the number one guy, then you're going to, then you're going to um, fly him out there. And again, they, they kind of say, okay, what time is it? But but I, I've I've seen some some things that just shake my head. And again, I've been in college basketball since 1984. Where again, a, a guy's working a game in Florida, and the next day at two o'clock, he's in Boston. 
And, and Tony, I mean, you don't fly that much, I don't think, because your wife would be happier if you're out of the house. But, I mean, fl- the flying nowadays is awful. There's less and less flights. More and more flights are getting canceled. Yep. And, 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 and that's why they have to get up and take literally the first flight in the morning. You have to be on a 6 a.m. flight because if something goes downhill and you get canceled, you've got to make arrangements. So these guys are working on, by the end of the year, the sleep deprivation with these officials has to be off the freaking charts. And you got to run and, you got to run and do a basketball game. I bet, oh, those, guys are, I bet those guys are running four miles a game. Yeah, no, that, and that's what I'm saying. I was tired when I'd go, you know, let's say I, I'd be, the longest trip I ever took a number of years ago when I lived in Las Vegas, I was on a 16-day trip. I left on Friday, and I returned two Sundays later. And when I got home, I didn't know where I was. And, again, I didn't have to get up and run up and down the floor and get yelled at and things like that. I just had to show up and, you know, scout two hours of basketball and go back to the hotel. John, does this make you appreciate basketball officials more? I guess so, but it it really makes you wonder what's going on with this game. Uh, I mean, uh, just a lack of coordination and and supervision. You know, Rick, well, Rick Barnes said, yeah, how about this? Rick Barnes said something the other day, which is really interesting. Why don't we play with a universal basketball? He told the crew that the other day. He said, every gym mm-hmm. we go in, we have a different basketball we're playing with. Why? It feels different. It's not the same. Maury's the NBA, they use the same basketball every time they play, or they have a different Yeah, basketball? they use, but, but here, here's, here's the dirty little secret nobody right. wants to talk about. That's right. fine. Then the NCAA would have to pay for basketballs for not just Tennessee, but Tennessee State. Not just, you know, Alabama, but Alabama A&M. And now, when you have contracts with Nike or Adidas or, you know, uh, Under Armour, whomever, you're, right. you're using their basketball. Oh. You know, if, 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 if I remember correctly, yeah, they're, they're, I mean, they're getting paid to, to have that, to have the, you know, the Nike logo on the ball, uh, just like with shoes and uniforms and things like that. But, you know, I, if, if I could be wrong, I don't think I am in this, but I, I know he said it. Bill Self always uses the basketball that they're going to use in the NCAA tournament. Well, Rick Barnes obviously doesn't. Yeah, but I mean, but he may not have a choice either. You know, if, if that's part of your contract, you know, then then Coach Barnes, it's not it's not up to him. And and but like I said, that that, I, that would be very easy to do. But again, the NCAA then would have to say, okay, we're footing the bill. There's 350 teams. We're sending you 40 basketballs to start the year. It's. <laughs> Hey, 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 but it's a good thing these coaches are all making six, eight, ten, twelve million, while less and less people are looking at it. And God forbid the shooting, the Virginia thing last night—forty-eight points in a game—and I mean, Mario, that, that reminds me of my Catholic school days, uh, CYO basketball, growing up back in the day in suburban Philadelphia. Go St. Pat's Trojans! Forty-eight points in a Division One game, Mari, for a team that's yeah. on the three-line, a three-line basketball team, Mari. With also with 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 a shot clock and and, yeah. you know, and, and and where they where they're giving you more possessions per game. I mean, my run of me, Mari. I appreciate you. Uh, you have a Dwight. Anything else you'd care to add? Because you've been wonderful. Oh no, Tony. I, I, I appreciate you having me on. But like I said, I've I've thought about this this referee stuff for a number of number of years, and uh, like I said, it, it's not it's not not it's really not hard to fix. Like literally, if they had one guy in charge, and 
But and then everybody says they don't want to give it up. The leagues won't want to. Don't centralize your power. That's right. No, no, no. But if the coaches, if again, I've said this before. Like, like again, the NCAA has made some bad rules, and coaches have went and complained. Years ago, they did a thing called the five and seven rule. You could only find because some got coaches were signing ten, eleven guys in 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 a recruiting class. Right. In college basketball, they had a five and seven rule. You could sign no more than five guys in one year, nor two, nor, nor seven in two years. Right. Well, if a coach got a new job and he went in there and he goes, okay, I really like Johnny or I really like Billy and, okay, we're going to take Tony too. Well, coach, you can't do that. Why? Well, because the guy last year signed five guys. We can only sign two. And so they got rid of that rule. And I really believe if the coaches got together and the coaches went to the ADs and the ADs went to the conference office, you could get this done. And, you know, it may not be easy, but you could show what I'm talking about, like this shouldn't happen. And now that it's kind of, out in the open and whatnot, you know, maybe it'll maybe it'll cause them to say, "Hey, we need, you know, we need to fix this." But it's not it's not hard to do with with computers and things like that. I mean, spreadsheets. I mean, you just say, "Okay, you know, you, you talk to all the referees, say, okay, can you go out west?' Okay, you're going out west here, and 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 you're going to be here for that number of days to flying around the country." Maury, you have a Dwight Gooden. Hey, hey Maury, the Miller thing, that situation that happened, did, will the NBA consider that when it comes to drafting him? Will there be teams afraid of him? It, I mean, NBA teams will, will I mean, they, for guys like that, I yeah. mean, for a lot, for most players, but for, for the, the high, high-level guys, they do tremendous, tremendous background research, things like that. You know, they'll, they'll look at him just like they would any other top player and, 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 and do, do background and see if there's anything else in his, in his, in his, uh, background that yeah. stands out or if that was a one-time right you know if that was just a one-time thing that he got caught up in but you know like i said unless more of it comes out i would still gather to say that he may be the first college player drafted this year and what number would that be you think uh not one and two i don't know if there's anybody else besides wananabe the big kid from france in, in europe um so he, I, I guess right now on the middle of February that he's going to top five, top seven. Are you buying or selling the Wananobi guy? Because the hype around him, I don't ever remember the hype around anybody being like this guy. Is this guy this good? Yeah, he's he's pretty special. I've never seen him live. I've seen him on tape a number of times. And he does some things, Tony, that you just scratch your head. Now, it would have been interesting to see if Chad Holmgren, who's kind of a, a version of him that played at Gonzaga. Yep. Um, if he had not gotten hurt, how he, his body was able to handle the 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 rigors of the NBA, and but you know Chet got hurt you know last in the summer league, and he hasn't been able to do anything. So it'll be interesting to see when they un, un, unravel him, you know, next October, November, how big his body's gotten, if he's gained mm. any weight, you know, things things of that nature. But yeah, the, the hype on this kid is uh, probably the the, the most sense. Uh, the most since uh, LeBron, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah, that's the. Uh, thank you, Maury. Much love to you. Thanks, Tony. Take care, guys. Thank you, brother. That that uh, that Wananobi guy from France is. Uh, I mean, the hype around this dude. It, it reminds me of the hype around our second hour. You're not going to want to miss this. It's going to be incredible. John Adams joining. We're going to cut it loose right after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. 
At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can always count on us for a great selection of late model, low mileage, one owner vehicles. All have been thoroughly inspected and are ready to go. You can even save time and buy online with our online shopping tool. Looking to sell your vehicle? Great news! We're paying top dollar for your trade. All makes, all models, and in any condition. Trade in and trade up today. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram Fiat, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. We're this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. Hey guys, this is Mary Catherine with Bug Out Termite and Pest Control. Did you know that most insurance plans don't cover termite damage? Termites cause $5 billion in damage every year. Having a termite inspection done by a termite professional once a year is the best way to determine your home or business is termite free. Our technician will help you determine the best treatment solution for you. Call us today to schedule your inspection at 931-380-9009 or visit us online at bugouttennessee.com. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Barrett's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Barrett and Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Did you know that Columbia Ace Hardware carries Magnolia Home Paint by Joanna Gaines? Columbia Ace Hardware is the only Magnolia paint dealer in town. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood, along with the award-winning service and advice Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Come see us at Columbia Ace Hardware and Power Equipment. We will be glad to help you. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. This is Drake. Join Clayton Harris and I on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays on our new show, the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour, beginning at 4 o'clock to 5 o'clock. That's on Monday, Thursdays, and Fridays. Everything Southern Middle Tennessee, from college to high school to pro, you name it, fantasy, we're going to talk about it. Be there on Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 4 o'clock to 5 on the Front Porch Sports Radio Hour. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at 10pin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. 
Come to the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Championship, hosted by the Columbia Breakfast Rotary Club, benefiting their college scholarship fund. Outstanding auctioneers from across the country will be competing to be named the 2023 Mule Day Auctioneer Champion. The event will be held at the Tennessee Livestock Sale Barn at 1231 Industrial Park Road, Columbia, Tennessee, starting at 11 a.m. Hope to see you there. 31. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Going to be back with you. John Adams is getting ready to part. I'm telling you, John's in here playing with pain today. He's had a fever for like a week or so. Two weeks. Oh, my God, John. And ordinarily, I would give you my line, which is nobody cares, but I care, we care. No, they do a- No. And I've asked for prayer for you on the air so you can get through this. So I hope you don't matter. I hope you don't ma- I hope you don't mind me doing that. What am I doing with my words? I hope you don't mind me doing that. I do want to say all the prayers I can get. Well, amen. And I do want to say that both of our um, previous guests appeared in our TLD Logistics Hotline online at tldlogistics.com. And, John, you and I both know Jim Peters, and he called me up this morning and busted my stones and said, how come you haven't been at either one of the first two baseball games? And I said, well, Jim, I did a post-game show the other night, and I did this. And he goes, I don't care. I'm sick of your excuses. So, John, let's both say that we're – let's make a vow here that sometime soon when you get better, we're both going to go out and – watch a game with them, TLD Logistics, and then we'll go up and see our buddy Marcos Garza as well. Yeah, that sounds great. In fact, I was planning on going to the opener before this medical mishap occurred. You know, I, it was funny. I was watching the game yesterday with yep. Alabama A&M, yep. and I was talking to Chris Burke because I was setting up an interview with him. Nice. UT's former star player who's an analyst with ESPN. And... uh I was talking to him. We're just it, it, brief conversation, but he goes, "Yeah, it's uh, yeah, this pitching, how good Tennessee's pitching could be, could be, be even better than last year." You don't know about the depth of hitting, and just as he said that, Charlie Taylor hit a three-run homer. I said, "Chris, he just hit the ball over the left field fence," and that was. I mean, they ended up scoring what was it, fourteen runs in the inning or something? The crazy, just the inning yeah, went on fifteen instead of school. It set a school record, 15 yeah, in an inning. I know. It, it was just like, <laughs> it, it, it was like you started to wonder if the inning would ever end. Well, it's funny you mention that because I was talking with a, with a buddy of mine during Charlie Taylor's first at bat, which I think was the ding. We came on right with the ding dong, and then he ended up getting another at bat. In that inning, that inning took, what would you say, Brian, how many guys went to the to the plate? 17? <laughs> I think uh, 20 guys batted. Now, Matt 20 Dixon, men batted. Matt Dixon, you sat through some of the kill shot games last year, and we didn't think this team was going to score these this many runs on anybody. Matt, um, is that the longest inning of the games last year that you attended as well? Is that? Uh, yeah, without question. It was a, a school record 15-run inning. Uh, I, I think they really only had eight hits. They had some walks and a ton of fielding errors from that team, which, I mean, 
it 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 was it, it got painful to watch. I mean, they had the fifteen runs, and there was still just one out. <laughs> if they had to sort in the game, Tony Balls, Tony Balls does not give up winning for Lent. He he might have they might have scored thirty runs if they had played all nine innings yesterday. I got what was that? Yeah. How much did they score last year against Iona? 29. 29, and then they had 27 against Mississippi State. Of course, the crazy thing about it, they had already pulled all the starters for that, like the inning before. Like, that wasn't even like the your your main lineup doing that. Matt, in if your they, humble opinion, if they would have gone through Bino's that Bino's softball team could have beat Alabama A&M. If you would have gone not, and I'm not kidding. If they would have gone through that stretch that they just played, right, and played some of these games like they're going to play them, and then gone out on the left coast, would it have looked different? Oh yeah, yeah, David, for sure. You 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 easily win at least two out of the three, and and not a good chance you win all three. Well, that's one of the things that Chris Burke pointed out. Yeah, and it was just in in conversation. It wasn't as though he's uh, making excuses for Tennessee. They don't. You don't need to make excuses. Uh, the first week of a baseball season, you, you had do it with our twentieths. John, John, you do it with our twenty. We had the twentieths were attacking. Tennessee baseball and attacking me, John. I'm getting attacked on boards because I run interference for my guy Tony Valls. Tony's in bed with Tony Valls. That's what they're saying. He's a show for him. He won't tell the truth. But go ahead. I just, Berkey, I just had a great line, but yeah. I can't say it. Had a great oh, line. Yeah. Jeez, don't talk about being in bed, Tony. Jesus. <laughs> Have you seen the man shaved? Brian, have you seen how beautiful the man's face is shaved? Go ahead, John. You were saying about your yeah. He, your I've I've only seen him shaved like twice, and that was the second time. And then the, the when he was hired, I, I thought to myself, "Who's the Native American man in our dugout?" Go ahead, John. I'm sorry. We well, got the right uh, side of his face still swelled shut. You know, I, I wrote a column Sunday after the game last Sunday. Yes. Uh, uh, really about the whole weekend, but the point being, like Chris Burks was saying, it's tough to go out west in baseball and play. It is in the major leagues. It is in college. It just is the oh, travel a, and all that what stuff. Excuse maker. But but what's funny? But what's funny about it when you look back on last season in that fifty-seven and nine record, that's not going to happen very often anywhere. There's so many things that can go wrong in a baseball game. So many distractions and so many things that occur playing on the road. Uh, and, and pitching is such an X factor. You don't know if some guy from Tennessee Tech will come out there throwing major league heat or, or what could happen from one game to the next. And when Tennessee lost those first two games, it just gave me a newfound appreciation for the 2022 teams. I mean, you're going to have a national champion every year in college baseball, but you're going to have very few teams match or beat that 57 and nine record. Well, they and not only did they do that, but they stole the show on social media. They captured literally the imagination of the country. They did every. They raised the profile of that sport. They marked themselves. You know what they reminded me of? Because I was a kid. And you, you don't know hockey, right? But you know who the Broad Street Bullies are. You know who the Philadelphia Flyer Broad Street Bullies are, Adams. And you don't know hockey. You don't have to know college baseball. You don't know a thing about college baseball to know 
who the Tennessee Vols were last year, the fur coat, all the craziness, all the insanity, they raised the level of their game. Is there any doubt that's true? Are we being myopic? No, and and we've talked about this on air before, and uh, even before last season, I never wrote about, as a columnist here, I rarely ever wrote about college baseball. I mean, in the Helton era, yeah, that was exception, but that's many years ago. And I covered a College World Series in 05. But in general, this there was just nothing but apathy regarding this program. I mean, a few people went out to the games, and but nobody cared. And you would not, you couldn't justify writing a column about it because there was so little interest in it and would not attract readership. But in the past two years, since, you know, as Tony Vitello has raised the level of the program, it, it's just perceived so differently. I mean, it's kind of like what happened with, in a smaller way, uh, with LSU baseball. And LSU now plays before 10,000 people. Has a, a stadium that's equal to AAA stadiums and professional ball. And... uh the interest, though, is, has become it, – it's just so different than what it was when I was in Baton Rouge, and I never wrote a column on an LSU baseball team in the five years I was there, except when they fired a coach once. There's no interest in it. But a coach can change that, and I think Tennessee's program will stay changed. I think it's going to have the interest, the recruiting, and the success – that maintains a fan base. It's like getting a new sport in town. And it, and it couldn't come at a better time with, with NIL and plus this the sport as, as a whole in Tennessee's helping this, but the sport's really growing and becoming much bigger and much easier to watch games and, and feel connected to teams. I mean, you, if, you, if you play it right, I, you know, I think eventually ESPN will have a, a college game day baseball show and Tennessee will be one of the first places they're at. Like, you can be one of the media darlings of the sport. Hey, hey John, Mike Wilson had an incredible thing on uh, Twitter the other day, your guy, where he showed a future rendering of a Tennessee um, stadium. Did you see it? It was really funny. The the deck of the porches, porch deck, went like 25 25 levels. It was hilarious. I mean, you had to see it. It's a three-level deck. Tony started with a little party patio of two picnic tables uh, down the left field line that he got us out four years, four or five years ago when he first got here to get some people at the games. And it went from that to a three-level deck that people are paying like twenty-five grand per season for the decks, whatever that number is. I mean, the stadium sold out. They had 3,000 people there yesterday for that game. About 3,500 people there, whatever the number was. Tony, Matt made a really good point when he he talked about a connection. uh, The connection between fans and the team. And you enhance that connection with accessibility by making your players available to the public. By letting, and this is part of the NIL deal, fans get to know players. They relate to them. It, it makes all the difference in the world that if they're just seeing this person out there, as opposed to if they've actually met them, they've heard them on radio, they've read about them on websites or newspapers, 
it makes a big difference. And you've had you had Evan Russell on here uh, breaking things down. Evan Russell uh, last year contribu- contributed immensely to this program, not just because he was a prominent part of the lineup and a, who made the transition from outfield to catcher and a power hitter. But he's such a good ambassador, and he people like him. And he, when he when and when they get to know him, and he, he represents the, the program so well. Uh, and you have other players that are the same way. That makes a difference when fans can build a connection with these players and even with the coach. And Tony Vitello has really made accessibility a prominent part of his program. And it's going to pay off in the long run. I hope he can maintain that because the more success you have, sometimes it's harder to do that. But he's done it really well so far. And you know what, John, about Tony? He's got a guy like me running interference for him. And I don't, I don't run interference for many coaches, but well, I will run interference for him. Yeah, you've become Tony Basilio. <laughs> That's why that person spelled my name that way, Matt, on that chat board the other day. <laughs> I said he misspelled my name, and he spelled my name correctly. <laughs> he put Basilio. No wonder he was doing you that. Just outed, you might have just outed Vitello's burner. <laughs> well, John, presented by our friends at Seniors Helping Seniors. Listen, if you're listening to me, and Seniors Helping Seniors in-home senior care service, matching seniors who have a need with seniors who need our help throughout the greater Knoxville area and really all over East Tennessee, and Senior care services come in the form of just building a unique relationship, you know, one senior to another, somebody that's lived life in the same time span you have, understands you, understands what you're going through, and and truly will be there to help you uh, with the daily tasks around the home, cleaning, laundry, meal preparation, maybe some grocery shop, maybe some yard work, maybe just some company, taking you on errands. Whatever it is, my my friends at Seniors Helping Seniors, and Ray is just an incredible guy. Uh, if you are a person that has some time, aside from you have a family member that needs um, that 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 needs some of these services from Seniors Helping Seniors, but if you're listening to me and you're a senior and you want to earn a little extra money and you have some time. Uh, check them out at SeniorsHelpingSeniors.com. John, I want you to be better, man. Get get well, and thanks for popping in with us today. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Talk to you later. See you, buddy. John Adams. Get better, John. John. Thank you. Of our Knoxville News Sentinel. And, again, uh, Colin Taylor, who was on here uh, on your TLD Logistics hotline, TLDLogistics.com, owner-operator. We've got a great spot for you on our team, TLD Logistics Online, TLDLogistics.com. Matt, can you imagine what that gym was like last night when you have those flashpoint games? How crazy that was? How out of control that was? Yeah, it's just just nuts. And they, they were charged up, and they that I mean the team play they played really really well. And again, they should have won. It's it's a shame they didn't because everybody was cheering for them across you know across the country. Yep. Um, because you know, but they were they're kind of playing you know kind of well right now, and then they just had a couple of guys have great nights, including that 
that five-star freshman who I, I'm pretty sure didn't even score in our game Mm-mm. when we played down there. So, Mm-mm. yeah, that's – but with all that stuff surrounding that, that's – I mean, that's – it. yeah, that's one of the – easily the biggest game South Carolina's played since they made that Final Four run. Is it a foregone conclusion, Matt, that we're blowing them out in your mind Saturday? Uh, it It's not a – I, this team blowing anybody out is not a sure thing at all. Um, I, I do think, you know, you said it for the A&M game, but this is one of those kind of spots where Barnes does really well in. Um, and I thought they played pretty decently at A&M. Yeah, I thought they'd win the game. Four. Yep. But th- I think I think you'll, you know, John mentioned playing at home, and that's a factor. I I, I think this will be a, a game that you, you kind of control and probably win by 10 to 15. Um, and, you know, it may be a little closer than it should be, but you're never in danger of losing. 865-200-5402. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, though, South Carolina actually played above their head a little bit, which you have yeah. to do to be engaged with Bama yep. for them. And I don't think they'll do that two games in a row. Matt Dixon said something this morning that I'm going to repeat here because I think this thing is is really interesting about Barnes. It's a theme. Guy's a Hall of Fame basketball coach, first ballot, no question about it. One, one of the one of the uh, not all time great coaches, but one of the truly truly very good coaches in the history of the sport for his longevity and what he's done. He's won as many places he won, whether it's George Mason, Providence. Clemson, who's had spotty uh, success down through the years, and he was a different animal at Clemson now, because he would get he would get in the face of the Coach K's and the North Carolinas, and he didn't genuflect, and he'd rip them in the press, and uh, he was a lot of fun back then. Then he went down to Texas, won a bunch of games, came here, won a bunch of games. Texas, he won a bunch in the tournament, but he's a Hall of Fame coach that he just doesn't advance further than he should in the NCAA tournament. And he's had a he's had a quarter century of appearances. And Matt, how he much he stays on the number, not when he's a not as a favorite, but just on the number in the NCAA tournament's crazy, isn't it? Never outperforms yeah. a seed. Never. No, just the the one one year they were a six and they they beat a three to get to the Sweet 16, but they were actually favored in that game by the Vegas line. Yep, because it was a kind of a home game in Houston versus Mississippi State. So it's that it, it's just frustrating because you know upsets are always going to happen, and and just about every coach has a couple of bad upsets in the tournament. They just happen, but Barnes just never pulls the upsets off. It's weird, and it, it's just you would. I mean, twenty five years worth. I mean, you would think even if. Even if your team wasn't, you know, playing well, that you would just get a, a, a great draw and, you know, luck into one one time, like you know, like like Mercer beating Duke or, or a star player, you know, gets hurt like that Elamine guy did for UConn one. Like just none of that ever seems to happen to him, and his teams just kind of bow out a round or two early. It's, it's I don't. Yeah, it's, there needs to be a deep study into that because there's. I mean, it's insane. Bino today, and we'll talk There's about this a, more tomorrow, but Bino today had a situation where he did some research on Barnes. And I'm going to get into this in the, in the second part of our program. 
um, because over at tclub.team today on our free blog, not only does Matt give you a nice distillation of what you saw last night from our baseball team, who all of a sudden got healthy pretty quickly, healthy and hot pretty quickly this week, but Bino went and um, I broke it down scientifically on Rick Barnes, and it is uncanny, uncanny how this guy, with the exception of two seasons, has essentially yeah. fallen off the table in the second half of SEC seasons. It's so strange. Go ahead, Brian. Speaking of what Matt was saying, you know, it's, it's always been one of his players, like uh, Kyle Alexander in a key spot. That he gets hurt. He gets hurt. Yep. And that probably, he probably gets them to the Elite They probably yep. get to the Elite Eight if, if, at the worst That's right. if he doesn't get hurt. Fulkerson a couple years all, ago. All that injury stuff goes against him. It yep. never goes against his opponent. And as good as he's been, it's kind of weird that he's been easily the most successful SEC tournament coach that the program's ever had. Back to the phones well, we go. It's I've wild. Got a number that'll yeah. Well, that I'll bring out later. Well, that's exactly we right. About this, uh, well, that's, thing. that's right, Brian. That's a good. That's a really good point. Brian brings up his. He's the best tournament coach we've had. And he is an absolute underachiever. SEC tournament coach. SEC tournament SEC coach. Tournament co- okay. He's an underachiever in March. But we've been an underachiever in both those events. Before he got here, we couldn't play we couldn't play in either one of them. Back to the phones we go. It's really strange. You know, I, I don't say this to bag on him, I say this to say this to you. Now's the time to flip the script. This team fits the profile. You've got players feuding with you on Twitter, and that's okay. It is what it is. Everybody's blowing off steam. You blow off steam, they blow off steam. And if you tweet at these people, you're a twit. You're a twitiot. Now, if you tweet your frustration and somebody jumps in there like um, uh, the new coach at Auburn and name searches, and then they tweet back at you, then that they got issues. But some of you include the players in your tweets and drag them and some of you really need you to know, get your heads checked and get your phones taken away from you. I don't I don't mind if, if someone's tweeting something encouraging. I, I don't I don't tweet players at all, but I mean I don't mind that. But it's other no. stuff that I just think you ought to leave that alone. The the creepy thing is when the people are when grown men are tweeting at recruits. No offense, but that's creepy. That's creepy AF where I come from. But let's go back to the phones. And if that's you, that's you. That you know, you do you. I'll do me, as as they say in the trade. Hello and welcome into our next call on your Tony Basilio show. Hi, you're on the air on a Thursday. Tony B. Yo. Hey, it's Richard. Hey, buddy. Hey, Matt. Brian. Hey, uh, let's talk a co- couple things. First of all, uh, Tony, I didn't get a chance to talk yesterday. I was listening about the Alabama situation. You don't mind if I talk about that for a moment before we talk about Tennessee basketball. All right. Uh, when you look at the, the situation, and, and the, the problem I'm having understanding the DA um, down in Tuscaloosa and uh, as well as the police force and everything there. As I understand, you know, charging Brandon Miller with accessory to what happened, absolutely. He, there's no accessory to that as far as, um, as far as the murder charge goes. But the one thing, Tony, that he did, that he violated the law and he should have been charged with, was a felony charge of transport, transporting a illegal firearm. That was not his gun. 
that belonged to someone else. He took the gun and delivered it to an individual who used it for a murder. Should have been a felony charge of transporting that firearm. I cannot believe that he hadn't been charged with that. And you have a law enforcement background. Now, here's what his defense attorney said. You know, his defense attorney is probably a slick guy. And, and, they, and these guys are slick. And, and this guy said, look, Brandon didn't know the gun was in the car. Here's the problem. The police say they have, and they've shown this, they have text messages between the two where Brandon tells him it's in the car and, yes, it's hot, which means it's got something in it. Well, Jeez. however he said that. And, see, that's a problem. That's a problem, Richard. It, Tony, it is a major problem that uh, it's not like he got a text message. Hey, bring me my gun because I'm going to the gun range at 1 in the yes. morning at a bar. Right. Uh, he knew exactly what he was getting into. He knew that uh, that they were partying. There was drinking going on. He knew that the situation was all bad. I'm tired of these young people getting saying, "Oh, they're young and they make mistakes," and and it's just young people being. What Nate Oak said, his original comment was horrendous, horrendous. It was straight garbage. And then the fact that he and both Bradley, the other five star kid parked their cars, not allowing the, uh, the people to be able to leave See, I don't, is just I don't think that's the case. I think, I think now, I think that piece of that I, I don't think is the case, but the gun transport part is certainly part of it. And, look, if I'm president, of, when I see a guy discharge a gun eight times, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, well, here's one thing that will happen, Tony. Regardless of what they do in Tuscaloosa, it doesn't matter. I can tell you this. Um, he will get drafted in the first five picks. The NBA, is, considering he, if there's no charges, no nothing yeah. there, they're going to go ahead and draft sure him. He, he can play. He can play. It's pro um, sports. That's right. Right. But that family, I can promise you, Tony, will have the greatest civil lawsuit arranged, and they will own his first four years of his contract. Mark my words. There, there will be an outstanding lawyer who will take his contract from him to that family because of what he did. I would imagine there are people crawling all over themselves right now trying to get to that family in terms of now that this is out here. Yeah, I think you're right. Because so, if Maury's right and the guy's a top five pick, that means he's going to fall into a windfall, maybe against all his future earnings. Who knows? Yes. And and so believe me, there's there's a percentage. Yeah, just like you said, there's already people behind the scenes. Yeah, it's gotta that. be. So, yeah, but they're going to wait. They're they're not going to just file it now. They're going to oh, no. wait. Oh no, that's right. <laughs> so you've got you got a statute of limitations. You got over a year, I think, or about a year to be able to file that. So they'll take their time. Um, hey, talking about Mino and, and you know reading on the blog yep. today and you know the numbers. If let's look at it, I think I may have uh, I, and my answer as to why. This happens. One, first of all, every coach will tell you about February. February is the dog days of, uh, of the summer for basketball. It is a mental grind up to this point. The batteries need recharging. A lot of these teams can't get focused unless it's a major game or they're finally getting into the tournaments and they get recharged, ready to go. Well, when you take Rick Barnes' team that he demands such high effort on defense and rebounding, and they play so hard leading up to February, you combine the two, and now you can see why you got some guys that are mentally out of it because it's a natural thing anyway for a long season, but then you, you combine both of them together, and, and you got some spent kids. 
Well, you know what's funny? You mentioned that because in the light of the A&M game, I was talking with somebody close to the program, and I, I, I don't really get into this, but I was talking about how tired the guys look the other night with A&M. And they're short-handed and they're tired. That makes sense. I said, what, what kind of practice stuff did they do leading up to that? He said, oh, he rode them hard. They went hard, really hard prior to that game. And I'm thinking, why? <laughs> you know, Richard, like, I, I know he's I have, great. I know yeah. he's great, and he get, everybody wants to get all their own stuff in. What are you doing? Can't all you see your team's you gassed? Let off the practice. Yeah. I Richard, mean, Richard does, are who how, they are. How much of ZZ's left? I mean, look at yeah. him. Well, you you got to know it. you got to understand it. You can get as much dialed in on the game you're getting ready to play as far as the scout by watching it. These guys already understand what he demands of them on the floor and the energy, the defense, the really paying attention to detail. They already know that. You've got a veteran team. You have to trust them that they already know all this and they're going to give it to you on game day. So to me, you can let off somewhat in practice because – it is at that part of the year where these kids are tired, and and um, and and you know, let, let's see. But uh, I expect them to come out and probably hammer South Carolina. You know, when you lose the game the way South Carolina did last night, Tony, they're going to be so deflated. If they'd have won that game, it might have been a pretty good game Saturday. But when you're coming off that kind of loss where you put everything into that game, man, I don't know how they get up for Saturday. To be honest with you. Thank you, my brother. Here, see ya. Here's my thing about yeah, us. Thank you. Here's my thing about us. I'm talking about from like a gambling stand. This game's gonna be like a 17 or 18 point line, which anybody that bets on the basketball team right now, you're nuts. But I would be inclined to play an under, even though Tennessee should blow them out. Go ahead, Brian. Well, I was gonna say I remember Tennessee under Dooley. Yeah. And I know this is probably a bad comparison, but it's similar. They went to LSU and they should have won the game. Yep. They had the team picture in the end zone, and yep. you know how that went. Yep. Well, the next the next week they had to go back on the road and play Georgia, who I don't think was as good as LSU that year. I don't think that was a very good Georgia team at all. They came no, they were like in off one and four or something. Yeah, they they had a rough start, and they blew Tennessee out. Literally blew them out. I could see a similar thing happening with South Carolina the day before the game before they should have won. They didn't. They lost at the end. They come to Knoxville on the road, and they they're not in the game. The Barnes deal is really see a similar thing happening there. The Barnes deal is really interesting. As Bino wrote today over at tclub.team, the first team, first year he started out four and five, they finished two and seven down the stretch, whatever. Second year, 16 17, they finished, um, they went five and four, three and six down the stretch. It's pretty good. No, not really. Third year, which is the year that we sort of realized we had a pretty good team. That was a Kyle Alexander getting hurt year Brian was talking about. Six and three start, seven and two down the stretch. That's actually very good. This really, really special team leaked oil down the stretch. They started out nine and oh, went six and three down the stretch and could have been five and four or four and five. I mean, yeah, that night against Vanderbilt, that magical night where they well, somehow pulled out I'll a win. I'll say this. When you're nine and oh, you can only go down from there. In it's 19, hard to go 18 0 in the league. In 1920, they started out 5 and 4, went 4 and 5. In 2021, they started out 5 and 3 with the Vandy game missing. Then they went 5 and 4 down the stretch. So basically, they didn't exactly get hotter. Last year, they started out 6 and 3, went 8 and 1 down the stretch when he pulled off and pulled off like 
the hardcore act and just, you know, he let Kennedy Chandler have the team and and then this year's just a disaster. Seven and two start, two and four, they're exhausted, they're hurt, they're all beat up. So the numbers break out as follows. Over eight season, the first uh nine games, forty seven twenty four overall, sixty six percent winning percentage. And then the uh, last nine, 37-32, 54% winning percentage. And, and the truth is, most years, they just kind of limp home. They kind of limp home. And uh, so we'll, we'll talk with Bino about it tomorrow. But you can read it. And Bino even gives a mea copa for some of the people that he's clapped at down through the years on this issue. As we go back to our phones and get our next call in on your Tony Basilio show on a Thursday, hi. How you doing, Tony? Hey, Billy. Well, I'll tell you one thing. That new general manager of the Titans is not fooling around. He did a little housekeeping Boy. yesterday. He cut he, Taylor Lewan. He cut some household names. Now, obviously, they've got cap considerations that go in with these veteran players and who you're going to pay, how much, and who's on what deal, but... It's uh, it's shocking to see a Taylor Lewan get his walking papers from the Titans, Bill. Yeah, that's true. But I'll tell you, the only negative thing I can say about him is he's all the time getting himself hurt. No doubt about. It. He's some. He's some. No he's, he's damaged. He's damaged goods, Tony. That's a tough sport, man. Yeah, it is. Um. And uh, on another note, this is the rumor that I heard. I was reading it in, on Athlon Sports. Oh, um, reads up. There, there could be a trade involving, let's see, the Titans and the Bills. They, there could be a possibility that Henry could be going to the Bills. Wow. There could be a possibility. That's the rumor. But I don't even know if it's going to happen. What would you like in return for Henry? A boatload of draft choices. Do, do it what the Carolina Panthers did to the 49ers when they traded McCafferty. When they traded McCafferty to uh, San Francisco for a boatload of uh, draft choices. Brian, what could they fetch for, Hen- fetch for Henry in the open market? Because he's a long-in-the-tooth back. Probably has another year, maybe two, at a semi-elite level. What would you get, Brian? I I'd say it's gone down year after year. Obviously, since he had that big year. Um, I think you get probably several mid-round draft picks. Yeah, I would do that. Something like that. I I would do it for a couple thirds, I maybe. I wouldn't include a first rounder. No, maybe maybe a couple. Maybe three years ago, a couple thirds and a sixth or a seventh or something like that. Maybe three picks. That's all you're going to get. Because I can remember, you know, last year when you celebrated mine and Josh's birthday. That's right. I was talking to some people, and and I, you know, when when you know the Panthers made that trade with the Forty Niners, I'll tell you, the real winner. Of that, of that, you know who it was? It wasn't much the 49ers. It was really the Carolina Panthers. Well, I don't know about that because I think the Niners are going to win a Super Bowl with him. And if you win a Super Bowl with him eventually, I think Niners are going to win a Super Bowl next year, personally. Sight unseen. They'll have healthy quarterback play. But um, uh, I think that the um, you're going to see the um, – 
Niners win the Super Bowl next year. That McCaffrey guy is very special. And what's different about him, and the reason he was worth all those picks, is the Niners have a window. They have a nice team. He's a difference maker, and he's fairly young compared to Henry, who has a lot of miles on his tires. But I see what the Bills are going for. I kind of get that. Because if they paired him with Josh Allen, Brian, uh, they'd be tough to beat in the AFC. Now, there are three excellent teams in the AFC. There's no doubt about it. Three great still. That Bengal team is a great young team. That Bills team is a great young team. And Kansas City, as long as Mahomes is there, is going to be kind of like uh, Brady with uh, Brady with New England. What you, what you say, Bri? Yeah, the Bills, are, they sort of have to – they kind of come up short the last couple of years. I think they have yep. a window that they're afraid may be closing. Yep. So they got to at least try something. And Henry's so special. Make their team better. Yep, and Henry so – the thing about Henry is up in that snow game, if you give him the ball there, you probably get through the Bengals. Special player, man. He's got a, got a real desire. Real, yeah, but, possibly, but, yeah. But, but Titan fans have to be honest with themselves. This ain't five years ago. It ain't three years ago. You're going to get a couple mid-round picks for him. I would do that. Hey, scratch those lottery tickets. Two or three picks in the NFL draft, if you know what you're doing, even mid-round guys, you build your football team that way. And you're right, Bill, about about the um, Carolina Panthers. If they draft well, they'll be off and going. Because look at it this way. Reich has it's – like, it's like Reich is like Frable. Frable has an a, now has some right. new A one quality coaching staff. Right, and so does and so does Reich. Thank you, Bill. You're my man. Hey, listen, that's an A plus call from you. You stayed on sports. Uh, no, uh, no talk about women over seventy five, which I love, by the way. Uh, no talk about Shirley McLean. What's her name? Shirley is it Shirley, Shirley Mc- Jones. No talk about Shirley Jones. No talk about Barnaby Jones. No talk about Room Two Twenty Two. Friend of mine had a Room Two Twenty Two marathon the other day. Bill, do you remember Room Two Twenty Two? I remember that. Give me show, the cast. Yes. Give me three cast members from it. Hit it. Okay, Karen Valentine, Lloyd Beautiful. Haynes. Yes. And uh, Michael, what was Michael's name? Michael Cont, um Michael Constantine. Boom! You know, he made a couple of guest appearances on Perry Mason. Um, Matt, why? Why did you have to do that? And then we get a Perry Mason. When people are trying to talk, we get a Perry Mason mentioned. Why, Matt? Why'd you do that? I'm sorry. I, I, you know, you got to rain. You got to, you got to mute my mic sometimes, Brian. Hey, Bill, I appreciate you. You're out of here. <laughs> Eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Tony Basilio show on a Thursday. All lines are jammed. We'll bring it back. We'll talk to you. We'll break it down scientifically. Uh, this basketball team is really strange. I want to ask Matt what he thinks of this Josiah Jordan James story. Now that's had a day to breathe. He went before the um, uh, he went before the um, tip off club and just had a curious thing that he said to them and. There's just curious things going on behind the scenes. On the, it's just really curious. There are rumors out there on him, on the Phillips kid. Maybe Phillips' is, uh, inner circle's not happy with the way the year has gone. Of course they're not. I mean, how could they be happy with the way the year has gone? And the one thing about players you learn is it's never their fault. Never. Now, I'm not saying Rick Barnes is good at the five-star thing because he's not. He's not. But 
it's 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 never and I mean never ever ever the players doing. So there's some there's a little unrest there, which you know. And on this show, we're not afraid to talk about that because it, it's true. It's reality. Take a brief time out. It's very, very going to be very interesting here to see what happens to this basketball team. The next three and a half weeks are going to be as outside of the year we were tracking for a Final Four um, with the Grant Williams team and looked like we were going. That team was going to do it. Last year was really compelling down the stretch. This year, for a myriad of other reasons, is really compelling. Might not be on the court, but just around this thing, they are really, really an interesting story if you take the time to look at it. As we continue with more after this. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. A while back, I told you a story about Packer, our mascot, that Don found in the garbage truck after someone had thrown her out. Well, since then, I've been asked several times about Packer. Is she a dog or is she a cat? I guess I never thought to say, but she's a pit bull mix. And you can see a picture of her sitting in the driver's seat of Don's service truck on our website, garbagemaninc.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. 
Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, memsmodernlandscape.com. That's memsmodernlandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. This is Laurie Cole, Executive Director with Pay Grace Forward. We are a community solution to predatory lending. We help people in Murray County who are trapped in payday and title loan debt. We do this through financial mentoring, followed by low-interest grace loans. To see if Pay Grace Forward can help you, or to volunteer with our organization, please visit our website at paygraceforward.org or call 931-548-6797. Do you use Elf Bars? Old School Vapor has over 100 authentic flavors for only $18.99 each. Check out their other January sales like buy one, get one free for select Tesco bars, 25% off glass pipes and Mike Tyson's Delta 8 bikes, or 50% off smell-proof bags. Go shop Old School Vapor's selection of over 200 cannabis products from brands like Looper, Torch, Hidden Hills, and more. Check them out on Instagram or Google Old School Vapor to find your nearest location. That's Old School Vapor. Hey, you know it's a leap year, right? No, the next leap year isn't until 2024. Nope, it's this year. I can prove it. Here, play this new instant game from the Tennessee Lottery. Uh, okay. <laughs> Woohoo! I won! See what you did there? I jumped up and down? No, that was a leap. Don't miss your chance to jump for joy this February with our newest instant games. You could win up to $5 million. The Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. And now, some big news from WINN. The new February Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery have arrived. Now, for some bigger news, there are four new exciting games to choose from. And now, for our biggest news yet, you could win a top prize of $5 million. Make a break for fun today with February Instant Games, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Tony, be back with you. 865-200-5402. I've got calls. We're going to get to them. It is 55 past the hour. There is no doubt we're heading for a TL Logistics, TLD Logistics Overdrive Overtime. And it is at, without... With, you can't believe how fired up, focused, and prepared we are on here. You just can't believe it. But let's go back to our phones. Excited to be with you today. We're going to celebrate the 15th anniversary of that game tomorrow. Uh, and we're going to have Ryan Shumpert on with us tomorrow. Joe Ho is going to join. See if we can grab somebody else from that club. Uh Ryan's written a really great piece over at RockyTopInsider.com, like an oral history of the 15-year deal. I don't know if either one of you have seen it, but it's really, really good. Yeah, I did read it today. Yeah, it's really good. Really good. So, caduce to you, Ryan. Took a lot of work to do that. We'll go to the phones, get as many people in here as humanly possible. And if you want to join, 865-200-5402, because one of our uh, folks have, has jumped off, 
So as news breaks out, you break in. As news breaks out, we break in. Let's go back to our phones. I do want to talk about the Triple J thing because I think it's interesting. Um, the Phillips deal, the his posse not exactly being uh, his folks around him, not exactly happy with the way the season's gone. I mean, there's a lot invested in these people. There's a lot of pressure on these people. It's a weird deal, Matt, isn't it? When you start talking about these um, these five-star guys and then the unrealized expectations, it's not just here. It's, it's here, there, and everywhere. At one point, Phillips was having one of the better seasons of the five-star players, the top 15 or so players, top 20 players. He was having one of the, Of course, he's been hurt, so that's all come to a, a screeching halt. But, Matt, I was looking on a draft board yesterday. ESPN's moved into the 2024 draft. He's not even a considered a 23 kid right now, a prospect. Yeah, well, I mean, how, how could he be? And he, you know, he has been, oh, he's been really good defensively, but you've got to have some kind of offensive game, at least showcase it a little bit. You know, he, you know, even if, even if you're just a role player, you've got to, you know, step up when you need, when, when asked to. And he just, you know, just hasn't been able to do that for, for whatever reason. Um, really, the whole team hasn't because they just, I just think they have limited options. And you brought so up a great point about I, Jaden and Keon, which bears repeating on the air. Yeah, I mean, at least at least they were the team's leading scorers that year um, and, and, and showcased some ability. You know, it flashed at times, um, and ne- neither of those guys were, were ready for the NBA, and they were both, you know, at least what we've seen, uh, skill-wise and definitely physically, a lot more ready for the NBA than, than Julian Phillips is. Isn't that interesting? It's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. They can keep him in the boat moving forward because he hasn't played. It's a, it's a curious thing. The whole Triple J thing's really curious. Now, I found out yesterday that as he was warming up his ankle, his knee has started to bother him again, which is not a good sign. But now he's getting the pressure and the peer pressure internally to play and, you know, and the pressure of some of the some of the former players and this, that, and the other. And, you know, he's in a kind of a tough spot. So, and I was trying to gingerly discuss that on the post game the other day, but it's certainly a thing. That is certainly a thing. So... He told the tip-off club yesterday. He had- this is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee. WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. So you had an accident. Now what? Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop. You can count on us to repair all makes and models. Our certified techs will take care of everything from frame damage inspection to bump out or replacement with OEM parts. We've got the expertise to make your vehicle better than new and get you back on the road in no time. Plus, our collision work is guaranteed for the life of your car. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Rams Body Shop to the rescue. At Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Hello, this is Rick Tillis with Tillis Jewelry in Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. What are you looking for in a jeweler? Knowledgeable staff? Experienced goldsmiths? Or true custom designers? Experienced working with clients creating that perfect gift for a special loved one? Well, you have found them. Tillis Jewelry. We're this and so much more. Check us out at TillisJewelry.com or on Facebook and Instagram to see our latest creations. Tillis Jewelry, Columbia and Lewisburg, Tennessee. 
Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. This is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Did you know that Ace now offers free assembly and delivery on grills over $3.99? It's never been easier for you and your family to have a great grill like a Weber gas grill, a Traeger pellet grill, or a Big Green Egg charcoal grill. Come see us at Columbia Ace Hardware, located at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Join us Saturday, March the 18th for Columbia's Breakfast Rotary's fourth annual Shoot for Our Stars Sporting Clays Tournament. This tournament is a community benefit fundraiser for our fantastic local youth and veterans organizations. If you'd like to participate in this great event, contact me, Rhonda King, at 931-398-5511 or contact us online at www.facebook.com slash shootforourstars. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. This is Dr. Mike Steele. Tune in to American Steel, a weekly discussion of topics and events related to the challenges in our world. Listen as we examine the path to relevance and truth in our society and culture. You can catch the show on 101.7 WKOM at 7 p.m. on Sundays. Also, we can be found online at WKOM Radio or on Twitter at WKOM WKRM. See you on Sunday. 
The NASCAR Cup Series. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. Returns to Auto Club Speedway. We got trouble. It's Brad Keselowski. He's sideways, and he collects one, two, perhaps three more machines. For one final ride around the D-shaped oval. Larson, the winner in his home state, the Golden State Golden Boy. It's the Pollock Casino 400. Sunday, February 26th at 1.30 p.m. on WKOM 101.7 FM. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.